Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, I want to look at some UFO reports from around the world. That's correct, UFO reports from around the world. It's easy to forget sometimes that it's not just people in your country, in your local area that see these things. These UFO phenomena have been sighted, encountered, and reported uh, all across the globe in places that are, you know, functional democracies, say, where people are free to communicate, and in places where people aren't so free to communicate. They're still having similar experiences, sightings, and encounters with this phenomena, and the variety of things they see is also amazing, just like where you're at. Now, in spite of that, our own government and our own uh, mainline press continues to try to push the line that if you see a UFO, that you're somehow a subliterate, uh, you're somehow uh, have bad eyesight, somehow you're just imagining things. And I know a lot of people had high hopes of the upcoming DOD report coming out that was going to provide some disclosure. Of course, I've had really no hope whatsoever that would ever happen just because of their history of, of giving us redacted documents. But you can really see what's happening here with the pre-bunking that's going on. The, the report hasn't been even released yet. And I read an article on a podcast uh, a few days ago about, uh, you know, no UFO disclosure for you. And they've, about the first reports from anonymous sources saying that um, what you're seeing is space trash and drones. And you see it headed the same way. In the latest of this pre-bunking, we have this from the Weather Channel. Uh, these are the people pushing uh, what, as far as I'm concerned, is a complete uh, joke, this whole global warming conspiracy. Now, there's a conspiracy. The Weather Channel says, Most UFO sightings are just Chinese drones, or excuse me, Chinese surveillance drones and airborne clutter, U.S. defense officials say by TWC India Edit. So they've outsourced this article to India apparently, but it's showing up here on weather.com. And then the the uh, the little uh, brand in the corner says the Weather Channel. So they're bringing in they're bringing in the crews on this. It says. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? According to U.S. Department of Defense DOD officials, it might just be drones and weather balloons. So right off the bat, they adopt this condescending tone. Is it a bird? Look, if you've seen a UFO, like I have, like many, many of us have, you are certain that it was not a bird. You're certain that it's not a plane. That's the whole point of unidentified. It says U.S. intelligence agencies are finally clamping down on unidentified flying objects and unidentified aerial phenomena by analyzing footage of hundreds of recent encounters. While this might put a damper on that cousin who insists that aliens live among us and he's seen one, at least we now walk a step closer to the truth. Now that right there is just a paragraph of of just pure uh, propaganda. And that's the most polite way that I can say it. 
they're trying to marginalize the person that's had a UFO sighting or encounter, that cousin. They're telling you that they're bringing us to the truth. How, how are we getting closer to the truth when every time we put in a FOIA request for this stuff, we're sent back page after page of blacked out material? If you ask your spouse or your kid uh, where they were at at 3 o'clock in the morning and they gave you a piece of paper that was completely blacked out except for one sentence, would you consider that a truthful response? It'd be more respectful if they would just tell us, no, we're not going to tell you. It says, in, the, in fact, this new announcement builds upon documents released by the U.S. last year that provided information describing 144 alleged UAP encounters with inconclusive explanations. However, the paper did more harm than good due to a lack of complete transparency. I'm going to throw a little bit of truth in there to try to hook you into the article. Furthermore, most descriptions in the docket were just blanket statements categorizing the encounters as technologies deployed by China, Russia, another nation, or a non-governmental entity. Officials explained that they could only offer as much explanation without putting national security at risk, which understandably spawned a hotbed of conspiracy theories on the Internet. The conspiracy wasn't in the theories. The conspiracy wasn't what they said to us. You see, they're, they're inverting the truth here. And this is what liars like to do. Listen to me. When your government gives you implausible explanations for unidentified flying objects, the conspiracy is with their explanation. It's a conspiracy to lie and, and deceive you. Which, fine, if they have to do that because of national security, whatever. But the conspiracy is not in the person trying to analyze what they're being told, okay? The conspiracy is in the person telling the lies. And here again, this article, they invert the truth. Well, you ask a question, therefore you're the conspiracy theorist. I'm not conspiring to lie to someone. I'm simply trying to discern what's truthful and what's not truthful. It says, however, they did manage to hammer down some nails on some of the bizarre phenomena that were previously unexplained. Oh, so the people that won't give you any information on what's going on have managed to hammer down the nails. Yeah, I'm going to believe that. For example, the leaked military captured GoFast, and we've all seen this video, this UFO doing crazy things that, that violate the laws of physics, that showed a UAP blazing at unimaginable speeds was explained as just an optical illusion caused by the angle with which the recording was taken. The officials explained that the actual object was only moving at around 48 kilometers an hour. So we have a jet airplane that costs $30,000 an hour to operate with uh, optical equipment that is so advanced that if we talk about it, it will... Uh, it will impinge on national security. But yeah, we have this advanced machine that can do all kinds of wild stuff with pilots flying them that have had to go to school for four years past high school before they can even climb into the thing. And then they got to go through flight school. But I'm supposed to believe that with all those trained personnel and all that high-tech equipment, that they can't discern the difference between an, an object that's traveling at hypersonic speeds, and one that's traveling at 48 clicks an hour. Basically 30 miles an hour. And, excuse me, but what would be flying at 30 miles an hour up there in those 
high altitudes where the wind's probably blowing 70 or 80 or 100 mile an hour. That's the conspiracy. The conspiracy of lies that you are fed by the mainstream media and the alphabet agencies. It goes on and says, and now NASA has entered has also entered the UFO research search by establishing its own study team that will collect data on such phenomena to effectively classify future occurrences. Right. So the Department of Defense, after going through, what, two years of all this nonsense about how they're going to get to the bottom of things, how they're going to give us disclosure, does nothing but give us gives us pages of blacked out, blacked out pages after blacked out pages. And after all that, after two years of Congress saying, hey, we got to get to the bottom of this, the best they can come up with is that it's trash blowing in the wind, baby. Or it's a Chinese drone traveling at... Uh, 30 mile an hour when it looks like it's traveling at I don't know four or five or six thousand miles an hour I'm sorry but the military industrial complex uh, my my uh, my trust level with them is just not quite where where it might have been so after the DoD gives us the runaround and calls us conspiracy theorists and tells us not to believe our lying eyes the author here reassures us that NASA will now begin their investigation. NASA, that very secretive space organization that uh, has reportedly blacked out dozens if not hundreds of photographs. Uh, NASA, the same organization that every time a UFO shows up on a live feed, the live feed stops. They're going to give us disclosure? I doubt it. If we're going to get disclosure, it's going to come from within the community. And that's why I love it. When uh, people take the time to write down uh, what they see, to relate the encounter, to relate the sighting, so that we can go through and read some of these and start to develop an image of what we're seeing in our own mind. We can make up our own mind. Are they mechanical? Are they somehow uh, some sort of quantum energy? Is it a weather phenomena? Are they interdimensional? Are they from another uh, another planetary system, another another cosmos. These are, there's, there's almost a limitless possibility of what these things can be. And it's up to each of us to use our own five senses and our own emotional intelligence to decide for ourselves what we think they are and to try to do it by gathering as much evidence as we can. Now, I found some pretty cool uh, accounts here. This comes from art Angel.org. It's a r t a n g e l dot org dot uk. Looks like someone has just taken and copied down some uh, different uh, reports that, that they've collected from a book and some different uh, sources. The first one says Africa, uh, Zimbabwe. It does not give the woman's name. Uh, well, here it does. Cynthia Hind reporting in November 1996 says, I went to Bindura, some 90 kilometers, 60 miles from Harare, to interview a 17-year-old named Lloyd Karambakawu, a student at the, Her <clears throat> at the Herman Griminer Secondary School studying for his zero levels. This is what he told me. At between 1 and 1.30 on March 6, 1996, he woke up, and because he knew it would be quiet at, the t at that hour... He decided to do some studying for his exams. While thus engaged, he heard a clicking sound. 
not unlike a telephone dialing, except there are no telephones in his area. It continued for some minutes, so Lloyd decided to check what it could be if he opened the front door and looked outside. He could hear the sound coming from up the road, and when he glanced in that direction, he witnessed something very strange. He quickly went outside and hid behind a hedge to get a little better view. He was able to observe a small figure, about a meter high, say three feet, with a head like a rugby ball, dressed all in white overhauls. On its back, the creature had a small satchel attached to, which was an aerial with a flashing red light. Lloyd was terrified. He told me he was asphyxiated with fear and ran back into the house, jumped into bed and covered himself with his blankets. He slept fitfully for the rest of the night. Wow. Now, this notion of these creatures wearing coveralls, this is not uh, an uncommon thing. I've seen these kind of descriptions clear back into the 1800s when they had the uh, airship uh, sightings that were, that, were, that were becoming pretty commonplace for a while. People talked about seeing uh, men dressed in overhauls. Uh, this notion of this guy has a head shaped like a rugby ball almost sounds like a gray. So it's, once again, we don't know if these things are actual biological entities or if they are some sort of uh, AI creature that's just gathering whatever it can from, the, from its environment to assume the shape. It says, at six the next morning, he went to look where the creature had walked and found several footprints which he could not identify, which he attributed to the creature. When he arrived at school, he told his friends about seeing a ghost in the night, but one of his friends suggested that it was a UFO. Lloyd is now under the impression that the creature is called a UFO. Opposite Lloyd's house is a teaching center guarded at night by a security firm. My inquiries led me to one of the guards, a woman named Kambadzi, who had been on duty at the center when she saw what she called a ghost. She was so disturbed by this event that she had found herself another job elsewhere. Kambadzi told me that she had heard clicking sounds and been frightened, had hidden behind a wall and seen a figure in white. It passed by her twice, and the second time the figure had been covered in rainbow collars. Wow. So, you can kind of see what's happening here. These folks, this is, of course, is what, 1996, they said. Zimbabwe, Africa, extremely rural area at that time, probably pretty undeveloped. No phones in the area. They're, these these witnesses are using their own cultural, societal references to describe what they're seeing. And what we would call maybe a gray alien, they're seeing this thing as a ghost. But I like I like the detail here that she says... She saw it pass by once, and then when it came by a second time, it, it was covered in rainbow collars. You know, it's it just it reminds me of these ships that change shapes sometimes, or, or change collars. It's almost like there's something about them that the, you know, what do, what do those collars signify? Why are those lights changing? Is it just for our amusement, or is it a reflection of some sort of... Uh, some sort of communication that they're doing with each other, some sort of energy they're using. I don't know. This is another one from Zimbabwe. It says, My name is John Reitman, and I farm near Featherstrop, 150 kilometers from Harare. I am 31 years old. On February 5th, 1996, I woke up from a bad dream just after midnight when I heard a car go past. I got up and looked out of the bedroom window, which faced which faces the front of the farm, I watched as two cars passed each other. A strange sight, as there are usually few vehicles to be seen, and none at night. 
One car pulled one car pulled into my gate, and I thought immediately, oh no, those guys are coming to pinch my new engine on the borehole. I rubbed my eyes and face to make a sh to make sure I wasn't still asleep, and I looked at the car again. It was long and wide, made a low humming sound. I could see lights at the back, a row of red lights and a front light, which shone high enough to illuminate the treetops. This car, or object, stopped at my gate for a good 30 seconds and then drove on, as if the gate had been opened. And that was it. It was gone. I took my torch, I think he means his flashlight, my rifle, our farm workers, and my dogs, and we went out to the gate. Despite the fact that, I just, that it had just rained, there were no tire tracks or human tracks on the road. As we approached the gate, I could feel heat coming from the surface of the road, a really oppressive heat radiating from the ground. Even my ears felt flushed with the heat, and my workers and I were soaked with perspiration. It was about 12.30, so I mean, 12.30 hours, so I'm assuming he means 12.30 uh, p.m. So when we found nothing further, we all went back home. I was. It was only the following morning, okay, this is all happened at night, that it occurred to me that what that when we reached the gate, it was closed. This meant the car had disappeared through a closed gate, because I had been watching it when it disappeared, and the gate hadn't moved. The next day, I sent one of the farm workers to fetch some sheep who were lost in the bush, and on his way back, he said he saw an object straddling the road. By the time he reached the spot, it was gone. But strangely enough, the sheep would not walk over the area <clears throat> where the object had been. Instead, they divided around it. My workers were, cons <clears throat> were convinced that this was a ghost, and because I am a Christian myself, I believe it was a phantom or spiritual phenomenon of some sort. I don't believe in UFOs. Well, this uh, a fascinating account that you know this UFO this fellow spotted, uh, maybe not an unidentified flying object, but an unidentified driving object. It's almost as if this thing. Uh, is acting very much like a UFO. It's acting very much like uh, one of these objects that seems to try to assume the shape of something around it. As I've said many times, this clumsy attempt to camouflage itself. But we can see from his uh, his observations that wh whatever this object was, it moved through the gate. Just moving right through a solid wall. Okay, Doesn't sound like a Chinese drone. Doesn't sound like a piece of space trash to me. This is something paranormal, supernatural, unidentified UFO, whatever you want to call it. But this is just another one of these, I hate to even call it a fringe event, because it, when you get into the whole UFO uh, phenomena, you find more and more, uh, more, more and more accounts just like this, of these really strange encounters that are... That are uh, that are just past the normal, hey, I saw a light in the sky. Okay, that's, a, that's just the first kind of cursory one. But when you have people talking about talking to you about these craft that assume the shape of a car driving through a gate, a closed gate, leaving no tire tracks, no human prints, uh, with a very uh, hot, foreboding feeling coming off of the road, that's that's not the neighbor down the street. I mean, we're talking Zimbabwe back in the, what the 1990s here. It goes on. Uh, here's one here from it says Asia, Japan, and we'll finish up. We'll do one or two more maybe, and then we'll and then we'll be done. It says my name is Tatsumi Tanaka. 
I am 42 years old and the owner of the beauty parlor in Anaka City, Guma Prefecture. Last Saturday, October 23rd, we don't, have a, we don't have a year here, I have seen a UFO and it was the first time such a shocking matter happened to me. I have never believed that I would see such an that I would have such an experience, but surprisingly, it happened to me. I was on the second floor of my house and casually looking out of the east window when I caught sight of a white object, rather big, the shape impossible to describe, rising softly and perpendicularly from the surface of the ground. Caught sight of a white object, rather big, the space, the shape impossible to describe, rising sharply and perpendicularly from the surface of the ground. We can see Mount. Akagi in the north-northeastern direction, and it was in this direction that the UFO rose. But I could not tell how far away it was. It was about 10 o'clock in the morning. I wondered what it was. I thought at first it must be an airship or a balloon. I strained my eyes to see better, but could not understand what it was. After rising straight up, I stayed I stayed for a while at a constant height, and seemed it stayed for a while at a constant height, and seemed to become blurred outside. It then turned into the oval shape that is familiar to us from TVs or magazines. It was the same object, but not the same shape as before. But the outline was not clear. Soon after, it moved to the right at a fast speed. It looked like a low-altitude flight, but it all happened so quickly, and then it just disappeared. It says... I felt out of my mind. This thing was so huge. It disappeared just in a moment. I tried to explain what I saw to my wife and child who were right beside me, but I couldn't. I just pointed and could only shout out in surprise. My wife was very annoyed and said that everyone cannot see UFOs, and only some people do and some don't. By then it had disappeared. I was so excited that I went outside with my daughter and searched the skies, but it was too late. I still can't believe I've had such an experience I will never forget. That moment and that speed, something beyond common sense. It means to me that things exist that we don't understand. You know, that's the one thing that so many people that claim to be skeptics or debunkers cannot admit to themselves. That there's just some things we don't understand. There were a couple things that happened to that encounter that that we see happen a lot. The, the shift, the shift's changing. He, this thing catches his attention. It looks like this kind of fuzzy-shaped ball. It turns into a saucer. And then the high speed where just accelerates into the blue sky and disappears. The second thing that caught me on this was that the fact that it seems like his wife didn't see it. She was kind of annoyed at him. Sometimes, you know, you'll hear about crowds of people, and some will actually see the UFO, and some won't. Now, I don't know if that's just because some people are open-minded to it, or if there's some way these things are communicating with us. You know, it's how we see, how our eyes work. It's funny. Um, you know, if you get, if you have a cataract operation, so I had a doctor tell me this. If you have, your, if you have a cataract operation, they uh, generally restore your uh, vision to 20-20, say, so that you can see it perfectly clear. But after you have that done, um, they'll tell you that you're going to have to buy several pairs of glasses because some people get lucky and their eyes go back to that 20-20 vision. But say most people, their eyes will kind of vacillate back and forth. And uh, if you talk to someone who's had cataract operations, a lot of times they'll have a drawer full of reading glasses because their vision was changing, uh, adjusting itself back and forth. 
he told me, he said, we put the eyes at the perfect 2020, but then the brain decides where it wants them to be at. Think about that. They can put those eyes at 2020, but the brain decides where it wants the eyes at. The brain decides if it wants you to wear glasses or not. It's almost like it's working on its own. It just seems, it's funny in a way, but it's spooky in a way. And I think sometimes people seeing these UFOs is the same way. We can look all day, but it's almost like the brain decides if you get to see it or not. Or maybe it's them deciding, you know, if they reveal themselves to us or not. And that could be a good thing or a bad thing. Now, I want to do this one last one here. This is from, we'll do two more. This is from Saudi Arabia. It says, I am called Shahi Bu Anan. On Thursday, March 28, 1966, I was camped with a party of Bedouins. We were staring, <clears throat> we were staying, staring, uh, staying near the beach outside the town of Jubail near the oil fields. That night, we were relaxing around the campfire, looking up at the stars from time to time, just as usual. Then suddenly, something never before seen appeared in the sky. It was very large, brilliant blue. It had the definite shape of an oval. I rubbed my eyes in disbelief. So did everyone else. I thought we were dreaming. We watched the bright blue oval for several minutes as it hovered directly overhead, not too far away, then suddenly it was gone. Now imagine that happened in 1966 in Saudi Arabia. And I'm guessing that desert was pretty dark out there. To see this giant blue oval just suddenly appear in the night sky. And then it was gone. Wow. Okay, one last one. This here is from... It says, my name is Wang Kung Kwai. I live in Pusala, a farming village 68 kilometers from Beijing, so 40 miles from Beijing. In my village, we believe something mysterious, perhaps cosmic forces, made themselves visible to us on December 11, 1999. In the early evening, we saw an object about the size of a person and shimmering with golden light, moving slowly up into the sky from behind a nearby mountain. It was so beautiful, sort of yellow, shimmering. It looked like a supernatural being floating slowly up to the heaven. This mysterious yellow object seemed to hover above the roof of our small village. <clears throat> above the roof of our small village hall. We just stood and watched until it suddenly disappeared. Then someone reported it to the authorities. I know this was something very real and very important. Now, there you are in 1999, communist China, okay? And these people were so impacted by the sight of what looked like a person to them, this golden human-like entity rising up above the roof of their little, you know, community hall before it darts off. And they were so impressed by it that they reported it to the authorities. It just shows me that no matter how developed the country is, no matter how free or unfree the country is, no matter the society, no matter the religious background. I mean, you have people from Christian nations, people like here in Saudi Arabia, where these people, you know, most likely were of the Muslim faith. You have people in China where basically you just got the CCP. None of that seems to really impede the encounters and sightings of these UFOs. It's something that's common across the globe among all different kinds of people, all different kinds of socioeconomic beliefs, or, you know, levels against all kinds of belief systems, against all different kinds of political systems, doesn't matter. These things are being seen and encountered across the globe. So when some 
you know, nameless, faceless writer or some bureaucrat wants to blast across the internet and make sure that their their article ends up in the first, you know, the first 60 search pages of Google, that UFOs are nothing more than trash, drones, and swamp gas. I have to just set that aside and look at what the real people on the ground are talking about. Real people from China to Saudi Arabia to Africa to Japan to the U.S. Real people are having real sightings and real and real encounters all across the globe. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over and out.